0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pacillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more to your brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. There are times when uh, Joe and I... We You know, because we we like to think that we're thoughtful people, we're prayerful guys, um, and we hope that, you know, in doing our radio show, our social media show, that we're doing the right thing. Are we doing something that God wants us to do, really, is the question we ask. Um, today's conversation is is affirmation for us that we are absolutely on the right path, and you'll understand why, because there are certain topics, stories that need to be talked about, one of which is the story of Dr. John Brukowski and he's got a new book out from uh, Ignatius Press, Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Care. Joe Resinello, I think that's going into the breach. What do you think?
1: I would say so. Plus, John's I from Jersey, so. so we love him.
0: And John's from Jersey, so we got to love that, too. That's always That always brings you into the breach. Um, so John's story, um, and we're going to get into it. Obviously, we know, let's say, more popular stories like, um, of course, Dr. Bernard Nathanson and others who understood or came to realize Uh, you know, the problem with, with uh, performing abortions. Uh, So this is going to be a very powerful conversation for those of you who are not familiar. Dr. John Brukowski earned his medical degree from the university of South Alabama college of medicine in 1987. He completed his OBGYN residency at Eastern Virginia medical center and the Jones Institute for reproductive medicine in Norfolk, Virginia in 1991. He received board certification in 1993 he is the founder and president of Divine Mercy Care and the founder of Tepiak OBGYN in Fairfax, Virginia. Dr. John Brukowski, welcome to The front line with Joe and Joe, brother.
2: Hey, Joe and Joe. It's great to be with you guys. Oh,
0: fantastic. Absolutely. And it's great to have you. Joe, with that, I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: Uh John, we always start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, O Virgin of Virgins, our mother, to you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, as Joe said in the bio, um John's from New Jersey. He went to Don Bosco. I went to Queen of Peace, and Joe went to Seton Hall Prep. So I feel like I know, John, um, you know, it's the same cut from the same cloth. uh, And it's interesting because— you know, I know you when you went to college and you went to med school. Your faith kind of waned. I mean, when I went to the University of Scranton, I still went to church. I will say there was a nine o'clock mass on Sunday. The oldest Jesuit at at Scranton said mass. But I'm surprised I wasn't struck down by lightning as I walked into it. Um, but at the same time, God has works his you know ways with with his his uh, sons, as we all are. We went to Catholic school. Talk about how, you know, you went from Don Bosco growing up in New Jersey, Catholic home, how things kind of, you know, went to the left field a little bit in college and med school.
2: Sure. Um, Joe and Joe, I'm sure that uh, we've, many of us our age, I'm 62. And so once I left my home, um, I slowly but very assuredly moved away from my parents where I had the intellectual knowledge, but not the heartful relationship with Christ and his church. It was more intellectual. And by this point, everything was questioned. So as I... ...of their fertility, and for a failed contraception, you absolutely needed abortion. And it started little by little, like the frog boiling in the water. And I went from being in fear of God Almighty, a fear that is, as a child, a love that goes beyond question, I began to have the same question Adam and Eve did. Maybe he's not such such a good guy. Maybe he's jealous. Maybe he doesn't want us to be as free as he is. And when you move into medicine, science becomes your God. And reason and rationality and one thing led to another, led to another, led to another that during my residency, I aborted the little ones that were the size of a peanut. They didn't look like much when they came out, but as the fetus gets bigger and bones begin to calcify eight, nine, 10 weeks of age, you got to count body parts. And so here I was growing up in a great family, Jersey strong in Northern Jersey, really a good foundation. And I left hook, line, and sinker because I believed abortion on demand. Since I was going into OBGYN, I didn't want to dump it on somebody else. I wanted to be the best I could be. So then you do the little ones, eight, nine, 10, 11 weeks, the size of a pl- uh, of a prune. You have to count body parts. And then they get bigger. And then you have to continue to count body parts. And when they get to be 15, 16, 17, halfway through the pregnancy, they fight back. And so I was getting hardened at heart. But I started out just doing a little bit against the faith, against my parents, because I became a people pleaser. I started doing what what my friends encouraged me to do. And uh, thank God for God's mercy, boys. Thank God for God's mercy.
0: Amen to that. Amen. One thing I will tell you this is this. Um, I've learned from stories like yours. Uh, Dr. John Bukowski, if you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, uh, John has written a new book. It's out from Ignatius Press, Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life Affirming Care. In other words, I feel a level, I'm gonna be honest with you, John. Um, I prayed and Joe's prayed, I'm sure you have too in front of abortion clinics. I prayed when you're confronted by people who seemingly are out of their mind, okay, um, and get in your face. It's stories like yours. That remind me that that it's not how I view them that matters. It's it's how God views these people because see my anger or or, or stuff like that or, or or my wanting to react in a certain way is one thing. God's merciful, and 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 you see videos of people like doctors who are crazy, like like they they, they you you look at them and you're like what's going through this guy's head? All right, and I remember uh, again through stories like yours that no 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 God is very merciful. You, we just have to keep praying, okay? Yes, fighting against abortion, fighting against legal. Law. Go ahead, John. Go, go. No, 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 J- Joe.
2: Your prayer, you're leaning into your anger, you're leaning into your pain. I was in the slop, Joe, and your prayer and the prayer of your frontline family were in the breach for me. My mom and dad never stopped praying the rosary for me, even when I looked them in the eye and said, you guys are out of touch. I'm doing abortions and the church will change.
0: Let me ask you this, John Bukowski, uh, just out of curiosity. Were you an atheist at this point? You know, you can call me
2: anything. I was a practical atheist. Remember, we're labeled a lot of things, Joe, But if you don't live the love of Christ in your life, if you don't act it, if you don't hang in there, if you don't work, if you don't love others the way he loves you, you slowly begin to adopt all sorts of labels, agnostic, atheist. I did abortions the first two years of my residency. And I considered myself an abortionist because I provided that service. Remember, medicine is broken. Many things in this world are now broken. Economics, politics, even the church. I mean, everything looks like it's shuddering. And medicine is broken. We are now a consumer. We are now, you, patients are now clients. They're now customers. They have autonomy. They ask me, and I'm a vending machine. Yes, you want an abortion? I can give you one. I can refer you for one. That's what the American college wants, and it's all politically driven. This is not medical. Because of the good science, we now can treat mother and child, two patients, and care for both. We don't pit mom against baby. We don't we build health is based on relationships. Joe's you guys have that jersey capacity to share relationally with us this is what jersey does this is what north jersey south jersey too i guess even guys that went to seton hall prep no i'm just joking i'm just i'm just telling you brother that it's relationships it's sacrifice it's going the extra mile it's sacrificially relational that's what medicine is medicine's an act of mercy We always hate the disease, but love the patient. That's what I now talk about at Divine Mercy Care. It's what I had to learn the hard way, because God did not waste a moment, Joe. He took me to the depths of what it was like to live in the slop. And there I was one night working at a pregnancy center at night, beginning to go back to an evangelical church, believe it or not. And during the daytime, I'm, I'm doing abortions as part of my work. In one room, I'm saving a baby because mommy wanted it, and I'm whispering in her ear, it's going to be okay. We've got both of you in our with our medicine, with our talent. We're going to be okay. You're going to make it. Your baby's going to make it. In the next room, she didn't want it. Same age, I broke her water and just pushed out the baby. A, I had to then call the neonatology doctors, the special baby doctors, because the baby was over 500 grams, believe it or not. Rather than suffocating it, here I am having a lot born-alive fetus, infant, after an abortion in my hand. In my hand. And she came in, and as God willed it, witnesses came into my life. She was a Catholic pro-life neonatologist, Dr. Debbie Plum. She took one look at me and said, Johnny, why the hell are you treating my patients like tumors? Have coffee with me tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, what? And lo and behold, the voice that I heard in Guadalupe in Mexico city between medical school and residence, when I was going there just for the heck of it, I was going there to help a friend. I heard, why are you hurting me? Now, at coffee the following morning, after I tried to terminate a baby that lived, and oh, by the way, it's still alive today, this doctor said, Johnny, you're better than this. Women line up for you because you listen to them. You're excellent at what you do. There's a better way to treat both mom and baby, your two patients. Oh, by the way, I just, I know you're not Catholic anymore, but I just got back from Steubenville University, and we went to Guadalupe, uh, we went to Medjugorje in Yugoslavia. You need to go there. I said, no, I don't do that anymore. Are you kidding me? But I grew up with Fatima, Lords Guadalupe, you know, all the great Marian apparitions. So I had a sense Lo and behold, two days later, mom goes, hey, what are you doing for winter break? Do you want to go to Yugoslavia with me? You know, Dubrovnik. Oh, by the way, we're going to spend a few days in Medjugorje. I'm like, yeah, sure. While I was there, in my slop, with my Bible, because I didn't believe that the mother was part of my faith, maybe. I'm just coming back to the faith. They were discipling me at that pregnancy center because they did did such a good job. I saw it as really good. Remember, I, don't, I can't throw stones at anybody, Jojo. I can't. Because they trained me to the best of their ability, and they tried to teach me well. Now, I'm there on the hill, and the roses came, and there in front of me, in my prayer, was the sacred and immaculate heart. Standing there, in my prayer, I touched, she guided my hand in prayer, into his side, and this right hand that did so many terminations, abortions, meaning dismemberment abortions, tearing them apart. I touched the font of mercy. I touched the beating, loving, forgiving, merciful, challenging heart of Jesus Christ in prayer. I fell down. I'm a man of of unclean lips. Please leave me, Lord. I am not deserving of this. Stand up. (laughs) Do you want to help me renew the face of the earth in medicine? Do you want to help my son do this? Be excellent. See the underserved daily. Follow the teachings of my son's church. And oh, by the way, when you leave the hill, go show yourself to a priest. There in a parking lot, in a dirt field, There's a guy sitting in a chair with a stole around his neck. The little table says something like English, Croatian, Italian. Father, are you hearing confession? Bless me. It's been, I don't know, 15 years. Last week, I believed, uh, last week I I tore apart a two-pound baby because that child kept me from lunch the healing presence of Jesus Christ, the healing presence of the Eucharist and the sacraments of our faith, it's merciful. The teachings of the church through the magisterium, the ones that go back 2000 years are merciful for us. They guide us along the way. I don't have to discern what's right, what's wrong. I've got to help. And I'm telling you, rather than living my body, my choice, I began to see my body given up for you do this in remembrance of me. And it wasn't me. It's, it can't be me because I'm a goofball. I am a flat out, you know, I've made every mistake in the book. And all I know is that if my Jesus can get me through the help of his mother, from the, from where I was and know what I left at home in New Jersey with mom and dad and Bosco and, the love, the pizza, the goodness. Nice. I'm telling you guys, I know he's going to get me from where I am to wherever I need to be, and I'm going to tell that to your audience. My book is about this conversion, but it's also a book on hope. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on your pro-life work. But you got to move from the head to the heart and pray that we all can do it because if I, my mother and your prayers... Your intercession for me, absolutely the best. It's what Doctor, saved,
0: saved me. Dr. John Brukowski is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. That's an amazing story, John. It, re- it really is. Um, <clears throat> the book. And we'd encourage you all to buy it from the publisher. You all knew I was going to say that. Buy it from the publisher. Don't put money in Jeff Bezos's pocket if you don't have to. Two patients, my conversion from abortion to life affirming care. John, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rasinella. And I'm not trying to, I'm not joking around here, but something came to my mind when you mentioned the priest in the field with the stole. Can you imagine all the people who have gone to Medjugorje, all right, looking for that moment? Right where they need the adult confession, if you know what I'm saying, the one that that you know that 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 was twenty years in the making. Could you imagine what that priest, God bless him, has heard in a place like that? It's not like the priest at the local parish. Yo, he's here. Yeah, I yelled at my wife. Yeah, yeah, I yelled at the kids. I really should. I cursed. Okay, like this guy, he's hearing some serious, you know, uh, some serious uh, dirt that that Jesus is about to wash away. I just that thought came to my mind. John Brukowski joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Rasinello.
1: John, I want to talk about your friend Deborah Plum. I mean, kudos to her and I, and this is what I kind of want to highlight. She didn't shun you because I think sometimes people Christ came for sinners. This is one of the themes that Joe and I tried because we're we're all sinners everybody is a sinner and christ came for sinners but i think sometimes people like here she was she's going to steubenville I'm, i'm assuming she was like you know a prayerful woman living a sacramental life and then all of a sudden you know she encounters something that's a little dark well it is dark and and she didn't shun away she she embraced you as a friend you see i think that's important Like people have to, you know, we can kind of get in our own little camp. That's not what Jesus did. Like you have to befriend people. You have to go into the breach, go into the darkness and bring the light of Christ. And she did that. Talk about that because I don't think a lot of people do that. To be honest with you, they could, it's very easily to just dismiss you at that point John's a mess. I'm not talking to John. That's disgusting. I'm leaving the operating room, whatever. She didn't do that. Let's go for coffee, John. Joe, I'm telling you, brother, that she,
2: well, I'm convinced um, that when you live in lies, remember for for medicine, just like the world today, we live in lies it's a world full of lies we don't trust god we don't trust him in love and mercy we also don't we also believe that abortion is good health care when you live in lies logic and words don't have the same power they did 5 10 15 30 years ago because we've lost all moorings to truth beauty and goodness words are fungible mercy killing now rather than living mercy and so what happens is is that when you are in a world of lies the only thing you can do joe and your finger is on the pulse you have to witness it you have to do it in love and you embrace when people say i can't imagine someone choosing abortion i can i can't imagine someone doing abortions Oh, no, I can't. And I think I needed my heart prepared over and over and over again, because I was that prideful, I can't walk in your shoes. And that's what the Lord wants. That's what our lady wants. She wants us to be little and humble and prayerful and resilient and persevere, trusting in her immaculate heart as mother from the cross It's the same thing with our Lord wants. He wants us to love his father, glory to his father, and love men and women of goodwill. And for some who you believe can still become that person. You can see their future. You can see who they were called to be. And so I think it's that witness, Joe, that's so important. And that's what she did. She witnessed it. And then over coffee, we connected and today, she's still a friend of mine. You know, once again, our lives are challenging. It doesn't get any easier, but it does get more purposeful, so to speak. And that's the most important thing, Joe, that I think you have your finger on the pulse of.
0: I am. i I'm, I want to talk about the word witnessing. John, while well, we have a few minutes before the break. Uh, cause then on the other side of the break, we want to get into a little bit more of what you were talking about with lies. And particularly as uh Pope Benedict, God rest his soul, uh talked about the dictatorship of relativism. Okay. <laughs> but let's talk about witnessing for a couple of minutes. Joe, chime in whenever, no, whenever yeah, you no, like. No. I think it's I think it's important that um that we talk about that. Some people think, well, what can I do? You know, like 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 and I'm sure I, I know I've said that. Like, what can I do? I felt inspired because I'd met somebody who was on the front lines uh, of the uh, pro-life movement in New York City and uh, prayed a bunch of times um first Saturday processions in front of uh, Planned Parenthood down there. And what I learned about witnessing, and I want your comments on this, is that I might stand there thinking, well, I'm praying the rosary. It's about 10 degrees out here. I know that means something because I'm really hurting out here. So God, I'm sure, is looking down probably kindly on that. But having said that, more importantly, uh, what I learned is that well over 50% of the women that have appointments that day don't show up. Um, The no-show rate, and Planned Parenthood doesn't want you to know this, okay? The no-show rate when there's prayer warriors in front of an abortion clinic is over well over 50 percent. i heard as high as 75 percent. so just praying your mere presence in front of an abortion clinic probably saved a life that day now we don't know what happened the next day the next day the next day but that day that woman didn't go for an abortion probably a lot of them didn't and one time i was down there a girl who walked in walked out she looked so intent as she was walking in and on her way out it was me a biker for life and a prayer warrior named Marianne standing there who goes down there every single day. And this girl came walking out, looked right at us and said, well, I ain't going to do that today. And again, that's all God's grace. Okay. I, you know, I simply was praying with the biker for life. Talk, now I'm only bring this up to talk about witnessing. How important is it, John, <clears throat> to witness, to get out there, to get in the breach, to pray, to make your presence known, a public witness, against abortion in America.
2: So I believe it is now essential since words and logic are being so distorted like at the Tower of Babel times. That witness, whether you're on the sidewalk in front of the clinic or whether you're sitting with family or
1: friends
2: and working, speaking, conversing with family. Once again, I I believe that the battle is more of a guerrilla war rather than a traditional war. People make it sound like there's two sides, life, pro-life, and pro-abortion. And I tend to see it as... There's grades and areas of all types. And because we are a body, soul, and spirit put together, we have a body. So I'm a doctor. I'm on the front line. But we all, in a sense, are on the front line. And I think we have the, we have the opportunity, all of us, to begin to ask questions and begin to care for those immediately around us, to show them that we are not judgmental. I want to understand you, my son. I want to understand. I want to try to understand you, Ginny, or whomever you're speaking with, meaning ask questions, walk with them for a bit. And rather than try to win an argument, try to put salve on a wound and see the fact that the vast majority of people are not radical leftists. They're not liberals. They're somebody who were pushed into a corner where they saw that as a viable, caring option. And when you're on the streets and when you're on that sidewalk, you are doing God's work. When I am in my office, I am doing God's work. But when you are sitting at a dinner table with your child or your cousin or a business friend, rather than go, well, I'm not going to bring up faith or politics at the Thanksgiving table, you know, whatever those are, those forbidden topics. You There are ways to bring up current events and to absolutely open up a conversation and then do our best to meet people where they are right in front of us and maybe bring them a little further along just to give them something to think about.
0: No, absolutely, and- absolutely. John, we, have to, we We do have to go to a break. Uh, Dr. John Brukowski's is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please go out and buy his book, Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life Affirming Care. Uh, John, we know that uh, our audience could buy it at Ignatius Press. Uh, you could throw it out there. Where else could they buy the book?
2: Oh, they can get it at uh, twopatients.com or uh, divinemercycare.org. That's one word, divinemercycare.org. And they will lead you to uh, uh, the websites to get the book.
0: Absolutely. So Dr. John Bukowski is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. John, I just want to say one thing to you because when we come back, we got a lot more to talk about is I would rather get yelled at on a street and have a radical leftist get in my face and curse at me and call me all sorts of names than have a conversation about abortion with some of my family members. That's the God's honest truth. I would rather get mocked and spit at on the street than have to talk about that with some of my family members because they just don't see it. I pray for them. I love them. I'm not judging them, but that's the God's honest truth. John Bukowski, we'll be right back. Uh, Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. We are way, way, way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network with Dr. John Brukowski. His book, Two Patients My Conversion from Abortion to Life Affirming Care. Joe Resinello, where do you want to go? I'm
1: to piggyback off of what both you guys were just talking about. I think sometimes all you can do for somebody like Joe Pasillo, you mentioned, like your your family, some are you know pretty dug in on certain issues, and John, you're talking about reaching out to some people uh, who also have strong feelings. A lot of people have wounds that you don't see. I think of the valedictorian of my high school. She grew up in North Arlington. She's a doctor in the Pittsburgh area. I won't mention her name. Very smart. Her father was a mailman. She was such a sweet young girl in high school. And now she's, she's pro-abortion the whole nine. And I've had conversations with her. Uh, No discussing, no, no way that she would like even for a second, but we can pray. And I want to talk about this, John, you mentioned your parents praying the rosary, how powerful that is. Like, The prayer of the rosary to reach a soul that no one else can except the Blessed Mother is something that sometimes that's all you can do. But that's not nothing. Talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, Joey, you're absolutely... So when I say it's
2: all... In discipleship, you plant seeds, you water, or you see... Um, a reaping of a fruit, what I'm going to say to you is much of what we do is through the power of prayer, interceding for someone when they no longer listen to you and they have shunned you and you're not going to keep going back. The Lord says, you know, you move on. But I think for so many of us, we truly underestimate the power of the rosary. And the connection of the mother at the pieta moment at the end of the crucifixion and the beginning of the resurrection. Lent's coming up, folks. And I think that if we begin to meditate on the stations of the cross, as well as that, as well as that 13th station, the pieta, where the mother is holding the dead stinking hard, clotted body of not only her son, but the king of the universe. He's dead in her arms. Everybody's abandoned. She's the only one at that moment who believes that he's going to rise again and do what he said he was going to do. I fully believe that it's that rosary, those 20 mysteries where we can pray for the other especially those who are furthest away from his mercy. We say it at the end of every decade, right? Pray for all those, those for all those who need it the most. Mm. Well, I think the Lord the our lady and our lord gave us this through Dominic and now the church and it's we just can't give up. I I know I can't. I pray for my friends also in the Pittsburgh area, who are part of McGee Women's, it's a big abortion and it's a big abortion center. And I have many colleagues, teachers, mentors. You know what? I still pray for them because I know his mercy. And I pray to God that they repent and believe like Mark starts his gospel out with. I believe we can all go into the desert that experience where we come to know the power and love of Jesus Christ and God the Father for us, where he puts our weaknesses right before us and we see each other, we see ourselves as he sees us. So yes, you are spot on. And that's the secret, I believe now, in a world that's gone chaotic and bizarre and so ridiculous, the only thing we can do is say the rosary as well, and th- and let that animate our actions.
0: I will say this, John Bruckowski, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please, everyone, go out and buy his book at Ignatius Press. Two patients, my conversion from abortion to life affirming care. Jesus said, "For those who have eyes to see, then see." And the reason why I bring that up, John, because uh, you triggered a thought in my head, is that I know, I know that in, I know that in my life. Um, when I was not close to the church, I never left the church, but I certainly wasn't practicing. Okay, not by any stretch, uh, for a good twenty years of my adult life. Okay, I did not see my. I could not see my life without the things I was doing and the lifestyle I was leading. You know, I was blind to to any alternative. Okay, no, I'm. I wanted. To, I can't imagine not being uh, 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 sexually liberated, going out there, meeting women, blah blah blah. You know, getting drunk and all that. I, I don't want to live any other way. I didn't see. Jesus opens, opens our eyes, okay? So then you can see, okay? Um, and part of that sight is seeing that there is an objective right and wrong to life. There's, an ob- there, there, there's, there's objective good and objective evil. That, that, that morality is objective. It is not relative. Something's not—the good, the true, and the beautiful are not relative from one person's perception to another. Yet Pope Benedict XVI, God rest his soul, warned us about this, okay? Because as much as he was enlightening in his writings, he was also prophetic, okay? He warned us about the dictatorship. I love that word and his use of that word. The dictatorship of relative relativism, which means thou shalt not believe in objective truth. Okay, which they say is the truth, by the way, (laughs) as an objective commandment. Talk about that. Talk about you mentioned the insanity of this world. And it is insane. Sorry, it's not just evil. It's also insane because people uh, there's one group of people who are deliberately doing this. There is another group of people who are blind. And that's why I bring it up. Those are the people more more than anybody else we need to pray for, that their eyes are open to the good, the true and the beautiful. Talk about that, John Brukowski.
2: Sure. Um, So I leave the Hill because in my conversion experience, just before that challenge from Dr. Debbie, the data was coming in, abortion and breast cancer, abortion and mental illness, abortion and preterm labor. The scientific data was coming in. The, 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 The humanity of the fetus. The biology, the biochemistry. So it was an intellectual. My heart was getting hardened. I looked at myself as a hard. It was getting closed. It was becoming like a like that small kernel of uh, the Grinch at Christmas. I was becoming crushed. I was becoming sad, depressed, angry, irritable. Everything I didn't want. The women who I thought was helping, they were coming back more depressed, more anxious more enslaved, more at the whim of their partner, their boyfriend, there was no, there was no improvement. So here I was intellectually seeing facts come in, scientific facts. My experience was that my heart was getting hardened and what I was seeing right in front of me was not improving. But however, on that hill, Joe, Scales came off my eyes. I was that gone. Your intercessory prayer of my parents, this is how it happened to me. And it's happening like this to many of us. As long as we don't give up on the prayer that you just pointed to, Lord, help us see. But like so many, we got to get the person on the roof against their will <laughs> before we break through the dang roof to lower them down because it was our faith that helped save that person. Oh my God, your friends have faith. They brought you here. Mm -hmm. That's us, buddy. That's us. Now we have, John, I want
0: to chime in there real quick. I want to chime in there real quick. I want to ask you this. You mentioned earlier about planting seeds and then watering the watering the plant. Yeah. Sometimes. And I just thought this sometimes it's just as simple. See, sometimes we're watering, sometimes we're planting. <laughs> I think one of the best ways of planting is because the blindness is so thick, okay? And we get it, you, me, and Joe, and others. We get it because we at all times, at sometimes at all times, we've had those same scales on our eyes, okay? I think sometimes it might be as simple as saying like when abortion comes up in the workplace or something like that. One of the ways you plant to seed is very simply just to say, no, I don't believe in abortion. I'm anti-abortion. I'm pro-life. That rocks somebody's world. Because if you want to talk about blindness, they think, well, everybody thinks like me. Only only crazy people are pro-life. When you just say that very matter-of-factly, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm against abortion. No, I'm yeah, that's a seed. You just planted a seed. Somebody goes home that night and says, I cannot believe that that Joe is not in favor of abortion. It rocks their world. Go ahead, John. No, dude, that's it. That Joey, that's it. Because
2: once again, it's a radical, my God, he looks normal. What the hell is he's not exactly only normal people believe in him only crazy people go ahead John no 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 that's it buddy and the thing is is that it's that simple Jesus does the hard work we just have to show up and say what if you've prayed in the morning and said Lord give me this day immaculate heart of Mary I offer you my eyes my ears my mouth my heart my whole being without reserve there for good mother you know our morning offering if you if this wells up inside of you, speak it, because only that radical shaking sometimes that wakes us up. Or now, once again, the Holy Spirit. You may get pushback, but I trust trust me that that issue. That's how you free people from the tyranny of relativism. That's how you begin to get them to rethink what they're thinking. But you have to be open to helping walk along that path. Yeah. Yeah. And as you ask them questions, it comes back and forth. It's what we've done at Tepiak OBGYN and Divine Mercy Care in medicine. We're now showing people how to raise alms in our community to care for the least of our brothers and sisters alongside congressmen and senators and wealthy people. It's both and. We see the Mm. insured and the uninsured at Tepiak, Divine Mercy Care is going around talking about medicine as mercy at medical schools, at residencies, with doctors who are burned out, healthcare professionals, nurse practitioners, midwives. Because once again, we're beginning to re-question because of Dobbs. Now that it's back in the States, oh my God, every state's becoming like a Nebraska-Kansas act before the Civil War. One's an abortion sanctuary. One is pro-life, and everybody's doing it a little differently, but it's in our communities now. Now it's up to us, because the federal government has said, nah, we're not going to do this. Bad
0: law. Listen, John Bruckowski, Joe and I have said this on the show a lot of times. You know, when the the Supreme Court decided to impose this on us, uh, America maybe had a little bit of an excuse to say, well, you know, the Supreme Court said this. I don't have the power to go and vote. For or against abortion. Uh, Now it's on you. Now it's on your shoulders. Now on the state level, the Supreme Court is basically, like you said, said we're backing out of the culture war. Joe and I have said that on the show a million times and we think they're going to go further with that. A lot of these things are going back to the states. Uh, Now it's on you. I want to hand it over to Joe John, but I want to say one thing that I feel again, is only the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and it pertains to what we were talking about. Sometimes you just have to open your mouth. I was a pre-shift at work one day when I was working in the city, in New York City, and a group of us were sitting around waiting to get started, and the kid behind the bar, young kid, cat, grew up Catholic, I think, you know, believed, uh, they started talking about gay marriage, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, he looked turned towards me and he says, uh, Joe, you believe in gay marriage, right? And I said, absolutely not. I know that rocked his world. And all, I didn't elaborate. I didn't say anything more than that. I just said, no, absolutely not. But later on, over the course of time, he started to talk more and more to me about the faith because he saw that in the midst of all this agreement, this groupthink, I turned around and I said, no, I don't believe in that. Um, and we started to talk more. But that seed was planted. Sometimes you just have to say, yeah, no, I I, I don't believe in that. But we want to get to this. Is the, I always like in our show, John Brukowski joining us here to a, to a big steak dinner. All right. You got your, you got your ribeye, you got your baked potato. This conversation is that big fat ribeye that Joe and I love to sink our teeth into. Very, very meaty, very fatty, very flavorful because it's, it's, it's um, because there's so much to talk about. Okay. We could go on with you, John, for hours, but unfortunately, we don't have that much time. So I am going to hand it over to Joe real quick.
1: John, speak to us as a physician, as a scientist um, and also as a citizen. We all know what recently took place, the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, it It is, I think, a very serious piece of legislation that Catholics have to pay a lot of attention to. Sadly, and that's part of the reason why we do what we do, John. I mean, I don't know if everyone's paying attention. And this could affect doctors, Catholic doctors, conscience clauses. Um, we're seeing that. Um where do you see this going i mean could this threaten say a doctor's license a nurse not just their job but basically say listen you have to do this um do you think it's going to get to that
2: yes and i fully believe that we are in the book of acts we are in what we call what i call acts book 2 2.0 version 2.0 And I fully believe that what we're seeing right in front of us is Stephen getting stoned. I fully believe that we're like in chapter eight, and we're beginning to see men and women who believe in life, in liberty, in truth, in objective truth, who believe in the teachings of the church right alongside the science. I believe we're living a paradox. And I believe Simeon said, you'll be a sign of contradiction. So I fully believe that it's got to get worse before it gets better. It's like a new birth. Being an OBGYN, I see everything as a birth. And there's a real sickness going on here and it's going to get a lot tougher before it gets better, but this is the time we live in. And yet the church advances, we advance in maturity and in happiness and in wholeness through the book of Acts. It's advancement through opposition. And you guys on the front line with Joe and Joe Are literally preparing us for this like to wake up not to be woke but to don't sleep through this we need to get up and
0: we we, we call it raise we 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 call it here at the show what we're trying to do is why because we have phds on the wall yeah in common sense um we say that (laughs) uh but the idea is that we're if you if you are blind then you need to have your eyes open number one. You need to have your consciousness raised. No, it's not all about just watching movies, playing video games, one pleasure to the next. Life is not about that. And if you think that way, you think it's just about making money, having a fat bank account and all those all those things. okay? If that's all there is to life, then your consciousness is 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 very, very low. you have, like you, you don't think much about life. We are just trying, that's why we have people like you on the show, John Brukowski. We're just trying to raise the consciousness. Why? Because we see it all. That's a gift. We've all received gifts. Yes, I told Joe, and we say it on the show a million times, if you're close to the sacraments of the church, frequent confession, staying close to Jesus, Eucharist, praying, I'm guilty of that. I get very spiritually lazy at times, and I understand how that affects my life when I'm not picking up that rosary and praying. When you're doing those things, you see the enemy coming from a mile away. He's not coming through your door. Because you already see him, and he knows it. He knows it. That's why the dissuasion of trying to you know get you to not pray the rosary. Uh, God will never forgive your sins. Why would you go to confession? You're a sinner. You're this, that, and the other thing. I imagine women who have had abortions. Imagine people like you have, who have performed abortions. Okay, to say you're not going to be forgiven. God's not going to forgive you. That's a lot of crap. That's a lot of BS. Talk about that, John. Talk about that the lies where we have to have our consciousness raised in the in, in america particularly you know, in america
2: once, no i agree with, man. um my my daddy taught me about alexander solzhenitsyn that russian writer he's the one that initially said we must not live by lies that was his phrase and when he talked to harvard he talked about how we're giving away the farm we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because of money, because of pleasure, because of... Now, they're not bad, but when they rule your life and remove you from the foundations of truth and morals, you're done. And we see it all falling around us. We see everything collapsing around us. And just myself, my wife and I, we try to say the rosary together every day. Why? Because we keep each other honest. It's hard to argue, you know, but we do. And yet it's about forgiveness. What you're talking about here, bud, is asking God for forgiveness. It's what Lent is all about. Repent and believe. You can do that every day of your life because we're human and we fall all the time. But we believe that our daddy is a good, loving, he's waiting for us. And I would challenge all of you folks out in this audience that if you have a, if you're in the medical field and you're burned out and you're trying to seek a better way to live faith and reason, reason and faith, contact us at divinemercycare.org, please, because this is our mission now, is to help others come alongside them and say, no, you're not alone. This is... Let us help each other grow in wholeness, health, and holiness. They all go together, health, holy, and whole, whether you want to exercise every day, take your vitamins, use you know bioidentical hormones, get through menopause, get through weightlifting, whatever. They all go together. And our church, rather than seeing it as a penalizer, and a—now, once again, there's a lot of bad, good and bad priests and religious. Trust me, I know, but it's the love of the sacrament. Remember your baptism. Remember receiving the Eucharist if you've left. No, come back. Oh, no, 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 come back. Come back, confess, and then believe again, because it's that cycle that you keep pounding on, Joe— solzhenitsyn says you can't live by lies well we can't do it in our business world in our medical world in our radio world in our tv world in our teacher world whatever and yet if you keep opening up yourself in real prayer when you're silent with him just for a minute if any of you are lost go to the back of a catholic church sit your butt down in the back pew and just stare at the box where that little candle is lit just stare he's waiting for us mm. and just when you read your scripture in the morning you know i haven't i haven't visited the lord in the sacrament in the blessed sacrament maybe i'll take 1 minute park your car run inside say nothing just show up It'll be a different experience. And so I just want to encourage that. And I can't thank you all. You know, once again, Joe and Joe, this is to be with Jersey guys. And, you know, I was uh, Giovanni because I was at that Italian high school. The Salesian fathers, Don Bosco, you know. (laughs) i'm a piece of bread yeah
0: yeah 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 dr john brukowski's joining us here at the front line with joe and joe please go out and buy his book two patients my conversion from abortion to life affirming care such just such a powerful story like we said in the beginning like we always hear you know stories and we know them you know, faithful catholics heard have heard about dr bernard nathanson and, and others and through abby johnson people who have been in that industry, and unfortunately, yes, it is an industry, okay, who've converted, who've repented. Joe Rasinello. we probably have a, a, a few more minutes for, for one more topic you might want to throw out to John Brukowski.
1: I just want to talk about courage because you showed it. You were an established man. Um, I have found in my own life, in my walk as a Catholic, when you stick your neck on the line, when you get out of the boat— God gives you a million times more than what you're giving him. And I think that's what people are afraid of. I think many people who are listening to this conversation could say, you're right, John, but they're afraid. Talk about that and to that person, because when you get out of the boat, that's where the magic happens.
2: Absolutely.
1: And just like
2: that story, you have to keep your, you have to keep your gaze on his gaze. And he only gives you just enough for you to take one step. What I'm afraid of, and I still am, because I'm learning to trust him every day, meaning it's still a work in progress for me, for all of us. We're all sinners. We sin every day. We backslide. You know, you can use different words for that. I can tell you that by staying in prayer, even if it's for two minutes in the morning, Daddy, I give you my day today. Mom, intercede for me. Help me to come to know your son. And then silence. And then start brushing your teeth. Do it every day. Do it in the morning and at bedtime before you go to bed. And he gives you only a little bit at a time. Whatever he knows, he knows you better than you, you know yourself. And because it's, he's not going to give you, he's not going to make you extend yourself beyond what you are capable of. But he knows enough to put things in front of you that you've been hiding from him. And I And I promise you, you, you need that prayer support. You know, I pray for people all the time intercessory, intercessorily. I believe that because we all need to step out of the boat. That first step, that first step off the cliff is usually the most difficult because you don't trust, you don't believe. And yet he's only going to ask you to take one step. I can do that. And then another step. So it's, remember, it's very slow. He's very loving. He's very caring. He's never going to give you more than you can handle. And when he does, he knows already that you can handle it. And that's when you pick up the phone and you call, whether it's the poor Clares or you call the prayer chain at your church, and you ask them to pray for you in your AA group or your OA group or your NA group. We're all addicts. And that, inter- that interaction, it's what you do on this dang radio station. You do it on this program,
0: The Frontline,
2: into the breach, because we're helping each other take one step at a time.
0: Absolutely. John, I'm sorry. We're coming up on the end. I want to give you time. Where can our audience members buy the book and uh, and the address for those websites? Again, remember, the book um, is Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life Affirming Care. So where can folks follow you, John?
2: So one is Ignatius Press. They would love the business, and it's the way to go. Also at twopatients.com, that's one of our sites, as well as Divine Mercy Care, D-I-V-I-N-E-M-E-R-C-Y-C-A-R-E.org is, is where I'm now president, and it's the umbrella organization for tepeak, OBGYN.com. You can also get the book there. And awesome. I can't thank you guys so much.
0: No, we can't thank you enough, John. And I, I just needless to say, you are welcome back at the front line with Joe and Joe anytime, brother, to talk about anything. Thank you guys so much. God bless you all. God bless you, John. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. You know what I'm about to say. Download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And if you like what Joe and I do, two primary places on social media, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe on Twitter, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Thank you again. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.